Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Kelly and Kelly. Previously on This Sounds Serious. I've got a few of my own theories, Gwen, about who I think might have done it. We looked at the suspects in Chuck Bronstad's case. Tanner Austin, Karen, JJ from the Flesh Boys. The Mandala. The Mandala. The Mandala. Including the Weatherman Strangler. Hey, what what are you doing in my condo in New Mexico? But the police only ever truly pursued one suspect. We disregarded all of these people as suspects because Daniel took a polygraph test. And in February of 2007, Chuck's brother, Daniel Bronstadt, was charged with murder. It's This Sounds Serious, The Case of Daniel Bronstad, a CastBox original. On this show, we're trying to uncover the details of the life of Daniel Bronstad, the most intriguing 911 caller I've ever heard, and the death of his brother, Orlando weatherman Chuck Bronstad. This is Episode 7, The Trial. The first decade of the 2000s had its fair share of celebrity trials. Martha Stewart, Michael Jackson, Robert Blake all had their court cases plastered on the covers of tabloid newspapers. So you'd be forgiven if you happened to miss the murder trial of some local weatherman's brother. But in Orlando in 2007, that's all anyone could talk about, as Daniel Bronstad faced one count of first-degree murder in the death of his twin brother Chuck. Dates were set today for the trial of Daniel Bronstad, who is accused of murdering his brother, local weatherman Chuck Bronstad. Opening statements are scheduled to begin on August 7th. A 12-person jury has been selected in the trial of Daniel Bronstad. Prosecutors say they're happy with the jury and believe many of them can be easily swayed. And Pirates of the Caribbean 3 managed to hang on for one more week at the top of the box office. Changing gears now... Viewers know that the past few months have been hard on everyone here at WQOO in dealing with the loss of our friend and colleague, Chuck Bronstadt. With the trial set to begin in a few weeks, I personally will make the commitment that we here at WQOO will bring you up-to-the-minute coverage of this trial. Because we know that's what Chuck would have wanted. That last clip was Amelia Cruz, longtime news anchor who worked alongside Chuck right up until his death. Oh, it was it was incredibly hard for me to go on the news every night and talk about the trial. 
Of course, I I missed my friend Chuck, but you have to remember, I also knew Daniel quite well. So, you know, it, it it was a challenge to stay impartial. But see, that's the job of a journalist. Keep your emotions out of it and focus on the ratings. Tune in to WQOO nonstop coverage of the trial of the century. A murder in the family. Brother versus brother. Criminal to intent. Nobody gives you hotter trial coverage than WQOO. Diane, where is the, uh, is that broadcast up at the back of the, uh, this should be in here? I don't know where else it would be. That's Doug Derns. He was the state prosecutor during Daniel's trial. Aha! In this box, a lot of our files are kept in boxes. My initial vibe from him is that he seems like a no-nonsense attorney from an old movie, pacing around his office in suspenders, reading legal briefs. The only modern thing about him is that he vapes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Here it is. It's all coming back to me. (laughs) He's in his late 50s now, and though he sounds young... The decades of prosecuting Florida's bizarre court cases is starting to show in the wrinkles around his eyes. To say that the uh, Bronstadt case was confusing is the understatement of the century. I have worked hundreds of, yeah, hundreds of murder trials, and most are pretty cut and dry. I mean, you know, that's like guy stabs guy, wife poisons husband, lover shoots lover over kidnapping of another lover, that kind of thing. But uh, this one was <laughs> different, to say the least. The physical evidence was a mess. Um... Uh, Daniel's motive was muddy, and the worst thing of all, the defendant chose to represent himself. All rise for the Honorable Gomez. Thank you. Be seated. And any time the accused decides to become their own lawyer, the trial is guaranteed to become a shit show. Mr. Bronstad, the court recognizes you've chosen to represent yourself during this trial. I want to make sure that you understand the implications of this. Uh, yes, uh, Your Honor, I, I certainly understand the implications of self-barristering oneself. Uh, and bearing that uh, barristerment in mind, I, I promise to uh, not overly object and, and, and uh, to hopefully uh, uh, give you no cause to overgavel uh, what, what I'm saying. So, Because I know how obnoxious that can be, that pounding of the gavel. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mr. Bronstad. I hate it. I really hate it. I fucking hated this fucking trial. Fuck. A man who represents himself has a fool for a client. Abraham Lincoln said that. And in a criminal trial, when the accused chooses to represent themselves, the result is almost always a guilty verdict. Mr. Braun said you face this court with one charge of first-degree murder. How do you plead? Your Honor, I plead not guilty. In fact, I plead not even close. So why did Daniel decide to do it? He wasn't broke. He could have afforded to put together a pretty respectable defense team. I, I did it because I knew I was innocent. I mean, honestly, a child could have represented me and I would have gotten off. Although legally, I don't think you could, you could engage a child for services like that, of course. But I just knew I was innocent. You know, pe- people think that being a lawyer is, you know, hard work. It's not. I mean, you know, not when you have a client like me. Plus, all you need to know as a lawyer is three phrases. Objection, permission to approach the bench, and you can't handle the truth. 
heading into the trial, I was feeling fairly confident that we'd given the prosecutors enough evidence to get a conviction. And when I found out Daniel was representing himself, well, that was just icing on the cake. That's Detective Leonard Anthony, the lead investigator in Chuck's murder case. We had a good jury. There was a fairly strong motive in that Daniel and Chuck were fighting a lot at that time. Uh, Daniel lacked an alibi of any sort. And, of course, we had the results of the polygraph. After police initially questioned Daniel, they had to let him go because they didn't have enough evidence to hold him. But strangely, Daniel volunteered to come back and take a polygraph test. <laughs> yeah, the, the polygraph was Daniel's idea. The video of the polygraph does not look good. Daniel, do you consider yourself to be a, a violent person? No. Not a violent person? Stupid question, I'm not. What? Why is this thing doing that? Oh, for Christ's sakes. Okay, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit violent. I'm not sure we see a murderer. But we definitely see someone who is incapable of telling the truth. Would you say that you were jealous of your brother's success? Absolutely not. No way. Are you kidding me? Be in his shoes, the high-pressure world of local weather? No, no. I, oh, crying out loud. All right, a little bit jealous. Very jealous. Extremely jealous. Over the moon, crazy jealous of my brother's success. There you go. There's your answer. But there was one answer that didn't set off the polygraph. Daniel, did you kill Chuck? No. Killer's just what? What? I missed that last one. What? We're good here, Daniel. Thank you. So, heading into the trial, both sides felt confident. The prosecution was confident because they believed Daniel was the only possible killer. Daniel was confident because he claims he was innocent and, well, I think he was oblivious to how guilty he looked. And in Orlando, public opinion was divided. Hey, let me tell you something, okay? I like this guy. I don't think he did it. No one would ever kill their twin brother. That's just evil. Many found it hard to believe that a twin was capable of doing such a thing to another twin. When this is all said and done, I want to marry Daniel Bronstad. I think he's cute. So is his dead brother. And others simply took one look at Daniel and saw a monster. Oh, oh, if you ask me, I think he's like the Jeffrey Dahmer of Orlando, you know? But like, not the eating stuff, like not that part, but like, that's the type of guy he is. And those are just some reactions from Orlandoans now that the trial of Daniel Bronstadt is finally underway. Prosecutor Doug Derns opened the proceedings today by making his case to jurors as to why they should find Mr. Bronstadt guilty of murder in the first degree. Everyone in this room is asking themselves the exact same question. Who? Who is responsible for killing one of our city's brightest stars? Well, ladies and gentlemen, despite what you think, this is not a case of who done it. The person who done it is the defendant sitting in this courtroom today, right now. Watching the footage as Doug Dern stomps around the courtroom, passionately making his case to the jury, I see Daniel sitting slumped over, pale and sweaty. I want you to take a good look at him. I want you to look at that face. I want you to remember that face, because that is the exact same face Chuck Bronstadt had. Chuck Bronstadt, who was senselessly drowned in his own waterbed at the hands of his brother. His own... 
He looks like a shapeless bag of laundry inside a pinstripe suit. This is not what you would want your lawyer to look like. His body was so bloated with mattress water that it took 15 minutes to drain him. And mattress water is not the good water. Mr. Derns is the complete opposite. He spends the greater part of 30 minutes waving an accusatory finger, painting a horrific picture of Daniel as a murderer. Weathermen are not average citizens. They are our best and our brightest. And so I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, to do the right thing, and the only right thing is to convict this man, Daniel Bronstad, of murder in the first degree. Thank you very much. The court will now hear opening statements from the defense. Mr. Bronson, yes. are you all right? Yes, I am. You'll have to excuse me. I was relatively thrown from the opening statement of the prosecutor. But as Daniel gets up to address the jury, something happens. He changes. His posture improves. His smile doesn't seem so crooked. Even his speech smooths out. Chuck. He was something, wasn't he, Chuck? He had the charm. He had the gift of the gab. He had the talent. He, he really had it all. I loved my brother. I looked up to him. I wouldn't have killed him. I wouldn't have done it. That's not my nature. Well, the first day was demoralizing for me because I didn't expect the jury to look at Daniel so favorably. These bastards loved him. Over the course of this trial, you're going to learn how much I love my brother. And you'll discover that, in fact, it was impossible for me to kill him. And we'll laugh. We might cry a little bit. A couple of us might fall in love. But that's because when we're talking about Chuck, anything is possible. This was supposed to be a, a slam dunk. I have never, ever in my life heard a jury laugh at a lawyer's jokes. Even this frickin' judge seemed to like it. And I think if Chuck were here today, his forecast would be for a fair bit of honesty and a 100% chance of not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, counselor, stay on topic. I'm sorry. Uh, Daniel, for all his foibles, actually comes off as a fairly competent lawyer. very good about uh, how the first day went uh, you know as as a lawyer I think I did a, a reasonable job and and as a defendant I think I sat on top of my emotions very well so I'm, I'm very happy with uh, with how the day went and I want to thank you for your questions I want to tell you I will be available uh, throughout the trial for any questions you have and don't waste your your snappy headlines tomorrow we got a long trial guys this is gonna be a lot of fun thank you very much much of the trial footage from the first week is pretty standard stuff. Hours of the prosecution putting forward motions and requesting that certain evidence be admissible. No, no, I don't even have a specific objection. I just know that this shouldn't continue. And as he mentioned, Daniel leans heavily on the phrases objection, permission to approach the bench, and you can't handle the truth. So then answer me this. If somebody was lying and you 
didn't want them to lie, you would want them to be saying that. Your Honor, he's trying to get the witness to say truth so he can say you can't handle the truth. In week two, the prosecution brought in a parade of witnesses to discredit Daniel. Uh, the would like to call Karen Gillespie to the stand. I will allow it. Your Honor, I would now like to call Chuck and Daniel's neighbor, Ricky Rinder, to the stand. Your Honor, the estate would now like to call Amelia Cruz. One by one, the witnesses painted Daniel as a volatile, dishonest character prone to fits of rage and jealousy. Now, Miss Gillespie, after the defendant pretended to be your husband on Valentine's Day, what did he do next? Uh, he took me on a couple of other dates. He, um, he would call me and breathe heavily into the phone. Now, Mr. Rinder, as Daniel's neighbor, what would you say your impression of him is? <laughs> your Honor, this motherfucker's crazy. I seen him burn down a doghouse. Object, Your Honor. Ricky Rinder's fucking crazy. Order. Order. Ms. Cruz, is it true that Daniel Bronstadt asked his brother Chuck to stop doing the weather because it was making his life a living hell? Objection, Your Honor. We didn't question Overruled. When, when Chuck told Daniel that he was unable to play music with him one night because he had to work, Daniel showed up at the station in a fit of rage. The prosecution was laser focused on presenting examples from Daniel's past that proved he had a history of dishonest behavior. Rather than examining the physical evidence, of which there was very little, Dern suggested a motive. Daniel was a liar. Daniel was broke. He was tired of living in his brother's shadow, and if he killed Chuck and cashed in on his life insurance policy, he'd be free to reinvent himself. A fresh start. And in court, it all seemed plausible. This is a man who was so familiar with his own brother's schedule, he could have written out by memory himself if he needed to. This man. So you weren't rattled by the fact that the state was painting a pretty bad picture of you? Oh, of course. Absolutely not. You know, I took a page out of Chuck's book when he would, you know, give a weather broadcast. He'd always put the bad stuff first. You know, if, if it was going to be a, you know, a bad day of strong wind, that's up front. And then afterwards, that's when you serve up the good news, you know, sunny skies. My sunny skies is that there were other suspects that could have killed Chuck. And that's when I started calling other people to the stand. After the break, Daniel calls his witnesses to the stand. Before the break, it looked like the state had Daniel against the ropes. But then Daniel started calling his witnesses to the stand. Your Honor, the defense would now like to call uh, Mr. Ramsey Cole to the stand. I will allow it. Your Honor, I would like to call uh, Tanner Austin to the stand. And I'll tell you right now, this is who I think did it. it Mr. Bronstad, please. Your Honor, if it pleases the court, and I'm uh, pretty certain that it will, <laughs> I'd like to invite members of the boy band known as the Flesh Boys to the stand. Get in here, fellas. <laughs> Watching the footage of Daniel in the late stages of the trial is almost surreal. This is telling us nothing and it's going nowhere, please. Please put a stop to this. Overruled, Mr. Derns. I'd like to see where Mr. Bronstad's going with this. Please proceed. Oh, well, thank you so much, Wendy. I, I thought you'd be interested. So this he charms the entire courtroom, even Chuck's heartbroken fans in the gallery. And so this is the picture I was talking about where we were both dressed up as Pinocchios. <laughs> you could easily forget that it's a murder trial at all. I believe in love and tenderness, and I believe in us. Oh, yeah. 
wrote the lyrics for that song that the Flesh Boys just sang on the same day that Chuck died. And I ask you this, could I have written something so beautiful and then gone on to kill my brother? So Mr. Cole, what would you say uh, about my time in the Mondale? Would you say that I was somebody that helped people? Uh, absolutely. Uh, if we were having an orgy and someone didn't have uh, a partner, you were always willing to jump in there and, and fulfill that role. Thank you. Uh, no more questions, Your Honor. What a nice character he described. In your eyes, becoming WQOO's helicopter reporter was a bit of a, a demotion. Isn't that correct, Mr. Austin? That is not true. Oh, cut the crap, Tanner. You killed Chuck because you wanted your old job. The defense will not badger the witness. All right, all right. He was right. I thought I could slip it in there, and I... Okay. So, let me read your act. Admit it, Tanner! You killed Chuck because you wanted your own job! He was even changing the conversation in the media. People watching the trial on TV saw Daniel as a likable underdog. Why would this guy kill his twin, his best buddy? On the other side, viewers saw Doug Derns as a miserable, stern taskmaster. So with only a, a few days left in the trial, uh, how do you respond to the notion that uh, Mr. Bronstad has turned the, uh, the trial in his favor? Uh, okay, look, Mr. Bronstad is very charismatic. There's no question about that, but this isn't a circus. It is a murder trial, and I have complete confidence that the jury will be able to separate shenanigans from fact and see that Daniel Bronstadt is guilty. Thank you very much. Mr. Burns, do you think you're losing the trial? What? Do you think you're losing? Oh, you know what? You cram it, loser. You're the loser. It ain't, if I think anyone's losing, it's you at life. You're a loser. Cram it up your ass, all of you. Take your question and cram it up, everyone. So, going into the final days of your trial, how did you feel? I felt great. I mean, I knew I had that ace up my sleeve. You know, I, I wasn't trying to create reasonable doubt. I was going to show that court that there was absolutely no question I was innocent. No question. If you talk to anyone about Daniel's trial, the moment that stands out to all of them is Daniel's closing argument, the waterbed reenactment. I have put away hundreds of dangerous killers protecting my community, but um, will I be remembered for that? No, 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 no. I'll be remembered for a goddamn waterbed reenactment. Oh, God, waterbed reenactment. You know, I'm... Personally, I'm glad that those things have disappeared because I don't ever want to hear about a fucking waterbed ever again in my life. Daniel argued that even if you ignore all the character stuff and the forensic evidence, he just wasn't physically strong enough to kill his brother that way. And he convinced the judge to let him prove it. Your Honor, what, what is going on here? What am I looking at? What is this? Overruled. There we go. Okay. All right, Your Honor. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I present you with Exhibit A. This is an Aqualift 2800 king-sized waterbed mattress. This is exactly the mattress that the prosecutor would like you to believe I killed Chuck with. 
I have chosen to play the following clip in its entirety because I can't tell if what Daniel does is completely insane or an act of genius. Much like his 911 call, it's confounding, fascinating, and unlike anything I've ever heard before. Now, I'd like to introduce family friend Wade Yoon. Wade, Wade stands at 5'11". Uh, he's a, a trim 160, broad in the shoulders, a legs like a dancer, which is very much so the body type of my brother Chuck. All right, Wade, I, I'd ask you now to safely get on top of that mattress in a prone position as Chuck would have been when he was in his slumber. That's it, Wade. Now, in my hand here, I have a butter knife, which is very similar to the one found at the scene. Now, I'm going to, in one foul swoop, attempt to cut into this mattress, push Wade's head in the slit, and see if I can drown him. So are you ready, Wade? Chuck, the state is out of luck. A phrase that quickly spread throughout Orlando like a battle cry for those who believed that Daniel was innocent. Daniel had accomplished the unimaginable, and in doing so, he made himself a household name. By today's standards, he would be considered a meme. The jury only took six hours to deliberate, and on August 10th, they read their verdict out in court. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. What say you? In the case 67721, State of Florida versus Daniel Bronstadt verdict, we the jury find Daniel Bronstadt not guilty. How did you feel when they read the verdict? Oh, I I, I knew I was going to be innocent. You know what I mean? I mean, I was I was ready for my victory lap. I I had a custom suit from Brooks Brothers, three piece. I mean, I was ready. I knew it was going to be innocent. 
Daniel is pretty smug about this, but I can't really blame him. Nobody expected him to win this trial, but the way he handled that courtroom, I can't overstate how impressive it was. I was blown away. And I tried to tell him this, but it didn't really come out quite right. So you weren't surprised that the jury found you innocent? That's what I said. You weren't surprised? That's what I said. I wasn't surprised. I guess I just, like, you don't find it weird that they, that they weren't talking able about? to... They, they had so much evidence. About. They didn't... Well, obviously not enough. I was found innocent. I, okay, I, I know what the... I what know are you getting at? The verdict. I'm just at, I just want to well, know, know how you really felt know, about it. Like, I don't know that you know the verdict. Because I was found... Innocent in a court I do know of law. I've, I'm just not in a court of podcasters. In a court of law, yeah. okay. right? Where, where, where? Like, what is it you want me to say? I did it. I killed him. I don't want you to Get say. Out. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. You get your microphone, you get your cables, you get your little paperwork here. Okay, all right, okay. Get out of my house. He threw me out. And maybe I was kind of glad. After four weeks in Florida, talking to Daniel and tracking down old friends of the twins, I needed a break. So I went back home to Minnesota. And I started going through my footage, the interviews, the phone calls, the broadcast clips, and the trial. And it was in the trial that I saw something. I noticed something big. Something that everyone else missed. Next time on the finale of This Sounds Serious... You sure you're up for this? Well, I guess. I, you know, I mean, you. Uh, what am I supposed to do? Is there some preparation for my uh, ears? <laughs> this Sounds Serious is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to This Sounds Serious wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best.